Hi, my name is Rob Butler, uh, World Series champion, born in Toronto, Canada, played for my favorite team, the Toronto Blue Jays, and you're listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm your co-host, Mr. Me, Wallace Bruce, and we have the full trio in the house tonight. We have Mr. Justin Williams. Hey, how you doing, guys? And Mr. Corbett Durant, a.k.a. Kobe. Doing fantastic. How you doing, Nee? It's a pleasure to have all three of us together. It's a pleasure to have everyone on the show, and it's a pleasure to have our guest. He is from the, the west side of Canada. Calgary, in fact. He is the voice of TSN Calgary, and he's going to tell us all the good things happening out that way. It's Salem Valji. Salem, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks a lot for having me on your show. Pleasure to have you on, mate. Now, I see that you're entering your third season with TSN, uh, covering things out in Calgary. Salem, how did you get to where you are today? Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so I I was initially like 10 plus years ago in school to become a high school social studies teacher, but I was convinced to pursue my dreams and uh, in 2014, got into Concordia University in Montreal and graduated in 2017. And um, a few months after I graduated from Concordia, I basically pestered TSN into giving me a freelance role as a statistician. And I had a lot of fun with that. I got to travel around North America doing stats for TSN regional hockey games. And while I was doing that, I was contributing a lot to the New York Times and wrote articles for ESPN and the Montreal Gazette. And I was uh, basically pursuing media and uh, working full-time in PR for about three years, uh, working full-time in PR to pay the bills and then pursuing media on the side. And then when this role came up in November, 2020, uh, a few months prior, TSN had talked to me quite a bit about what I wanted out of my career, and I could tell they really liked me and wanted to move me into um, a more prominent role. And then Jermaine got his promotion to host Sports Center, and TSN asked me if I wanted to interview for the role, and then the rest is history. Fantastic. We love to hear that. Now, I believe you spent some time out in Montreal. You're currently in Calgary. Do you have a leaning in terms of your favorite hockey team? I mean, a lot of people ask me that, especially since I grew up in Edmonton and during the Battle of Alberta, people were constantly asking me that on the street or in social media. Um, I don't. Even as a kid, I, I was just really drawn to how different teams were operated. I was really fascinated by trades and free agent signings and ownership and things like that. I had a slight preference to the Oilers, but it was more about individual players and just how the league and how teams operate. So there's no real preference. I think every fan base is super unique and there are certain players that they adore and certain players they despise. And there's no real preference one way or another. Calgary's got a lot of reasons to be really excited this season coming up and that's going to be fun to cover. At the same time, a city like Montreal with the prestige and the history of that team, they'll always 
have an appeal. So it's it's different in each market. But no, I don't have a particular team. It was always just about how things worked for me. Even as a kid, that was always what I was really interested in. I see. A student of the game. Yes. Speaking of the game, um, how much CFL do you cover, sir? I try to a fair bit. I, I go to most practices. I, I love covering the CFL. I it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's entertaining in, in a lot of ways that the NHL just isn't. Uh, you get to know players on a much more individual level and develop a rapport with them. Um, and uh, it, it's just, you know, they're they're a little more integrated in the community, I think. Uh, I would run into, when like before, when I would take the C-Train to the stadium, I would run into players taking the C-Train too. And it was things like that, which were really just fun to be a part of and i find it a lot of fun to go to mcmahon every day and it's been good the stampeders have had a pretty good season they've lost to winnipeg like pretty much every team is but they've they've also had a little bit of bad injury luck and there's a little changing up the guard with the quarterbacks uh here but the cfl is a blast it's it's such a i I hope that people care about it because it's such a hidden gem to me and um games are entertaining players are really down to earth and it's it's a great uh great league and sport all around Gotta love Bo Levi Mitchell. But did you catch those two, like, just rampage of games between the Rough Riders and Blue Bombers and Elks versus Stampeders? 56-28 and 20-54. Oh, my God. That was so fun to watch. Yeah, and it's an entertaining league. Like, it's it's the way the rules are with three downs, the rouge, the back and forth. It's it's just a lot of fun. And, like, look at the number of close games that have gone to the last possession or the final three minutes this season it's it's amazing like it's it's got such entertainment value and even the games that you referenced that were blowouts they were still really really fun to watch so and that's exactly it now i do have a quick question for you regarding bo levi mitchell uh with him kind of having a little bit of the passing of the guard and i do believe his contract is up at the end of this season or next season i'm not entirely sure i think it was this season with an option to continue Something like that. Yeah. Do you see him retiring or going somewhere else? Yeah. Do you see him? Uh... I, I think he's a, someone that like values a lot being known to, as having played for one franchise. He said that, and I think he he really means it that he he doesn't he wants to be remembered as a one franchise guy, and he's rewritten a, a few of the record books here in Calgary. From everything I've seen and heard, he's been a really good sort of um, mentor to Jake Mayer and like that quarterback room they have with Tommy Stevens is is one of great camaraderie and support. I mean, I think he's got a TV analyst job <laughs> waiting for him if he retires. <laughs> I, I, if I had to guess, I would I would say that he retires. I just don't see him, he, you know, wanting to play out one more season with a team that's not Calgary. And I think he's got he's got options when he does hang up the cleats. I'm sure I'm sure he'd be great on TV. He's charismatic and really smart, and uh, knows how to break break plays down for for people to understand that might not have been around the game for a long time. I'd say he might he if I had to guess he'll retire, but he's got loads of options when he does. So he does indeed. He's a man of many talents. Now let's play the what if game really quickly. I love this game so much. Let's say Bo Levi goes, you know what? I have one more season left in me. Uh, Stampeders don't offer him a contract for whatever reason, and he doesn't exactly want to retire. What team do you think will fight the hardest to pick him up? 
I think Edmonton. That's a really interesting question, and, to me, <laughs> and, and it's not—it's not to be the causer of chaos or anything. It's just that fan base over there is has taken a beating. They are not drawing huge crowds. They uh, have a president in Victor Kui who does things unconventionally, and I think is a really perfect person for the CFL to have right now. They they need to revitalize their brand, and they I think have money to spend. And they just need they need uh, a quarterback, right? Like I don't know if Taylor Cornelius is is your guy, or maybe you give Bo Levi a year in Edmonton with Taylor Cornelius backing him up and sort of the mentorship angle, and then um, and then it's Taylor's team after next season. But I, I think Edmonton would fight the hardest just because they beyond football they they need that fan base, especially if this home losing streak continues. They need that fan base to get excited, and I think Bo Levi is one of the few players in the league that people would would pay a ticket for just to watch. You want to talk about fan bases need to get excited? We're from Toronto. Half people don't know the Argonauts <laughs> exist. The who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Salim, now you've advanced your career quite quickly as a both journalist and reporter covered a number of sports, but is there any particular sport or particular event that you are looking forward to covering at some point? That's a good question. Um, I loved covering tennis. I, I used to have such a blast with the Rogers Cup in Montreal every summer. It was like it would fall during my birthday. It was like the tournament takes place in a really cool, but a little bit uh, an area that's a little bit out of the way. So it was an excuse to go there. Mm-hmm. The courts, the pageantry, all of that, like seeing people like Serena Williams and Roger Federer in person was really cool and fun. So I'd say tennis would probably be at the top of the list. I, You know, you have goals and whatnot that you jot down. And um, like I, I want to do more national hockey-related uh, stories. So it would be not just Calgary, but you know, be almost like TSN's national hockey writer and maybe not uh, like, it's not necessarily breaking trades, but like, I find it really interesting what coaches read, like what books coaches read. And, you know, these are leaders of men and how they, how they educate themselves. So like doing stories like that, where NHL coaches, what's on the bookshelves of NHL coaches, but in terms of different sports, it would probably tennis would be number one. I want to do more CFL for sure. Uh, And then, you know, whatever you, it's, it's maybe, you know, we have the rights to all sorts of things. I, I think we've got like sailing rights and NASCAR and F1, like mm-hmm. that stuff would be really out of my comfort zone, but that, that's stuff that generally is where you grow the most. And, you know, you look at some of those events and, and the pomp and the prestige around them. And it's, it's something that you, you kind of have your eye on, but you know, you have to work a little bit towards, but tennis and uh, more CFL would probably be the ones in my most immediate, um, in my most immediate goal calendar, plus the national uh, stories of like interest to all fans in the national hockey league. Okay. Okay. And would something like the Olympics or like a world cup interest you? Yeah, of course. You know, you, you get to these positions, I think because you're ambitious and um, yeah, even thinking like I lived in Paris for a year and the Olympics there are coming up and I've certainly thought about that and how great that would be. And, you you have to figure out sort of balancing the the stuff at hand versus and that's where like when the flames are on the road i generally do more longer term stuff and that's where you get to focus on those longer term goals or educate yourself in different ways that'll eventually lead to those opportunities but yeah for sure the olympics especially the games coming up in paris that's it's definitely on the list 
Now, hold on. You, you say you lived in Paris for one year. That sounds like a story. What's that? Oh, I, uh, I was 21. I was a kid. I, I taught English basically and had a journalism internship there. So it was a lot of fun. I was, I was just back like three weeks ago, actually to visit. And, um, it's a special place to me. It's a, it was a great year and it was, um, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot and developed as a human being probably in a ways that would not have been possible if I'd stayed in Edmonton. <laughs> so it was a great time and it's always going to be a city I consider home and getting to cover the Olympics, that would certainly be a, a good time. So we'll see what happens. That's still, that's what, 2024? So it might be, I don't think it's decision time yet for the network, but hopefully, uh, hopefully at some point they reach out. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yep. I can see Killian Mbappe lighting yeah. the Olympic flame at the Stade de France already. Where does PSG, oh, Parc des Princes. Uh, mm. That'll be another big stadium during that, uh, during that uh, event. So, Absolutely. I can see it hosting football and maybe rugby sevens as well. Did you get to watch a game when you were over there? No, I just did the tour. Um, the one regret I have about that year there is I didn't, um, I didn't watch a PSG game when I lived there. I, I went to like a few pro hockey games, actually, funny enough, but I didn't like a rugby one, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't go to a football match. So just an excuse to go back at some point and uh, instead of taking the stadiums, we're actually... Um, actually go to a game and uh, take that in so right so so rugby was that Stade Francais which team did you watch I think it was an exhibition um I think it was the French versus uh, South Africa it was like just a friendly and um yeah it was a good time it was the stadium's a little bit outside the city so it was a bit of a commute but um it was fun. You uh, just try to integrate into the culture and community as much as you can, and rugby is a big thing over there, so it was a good time. Absolutely. The, the stadium at Saint-Denis, right? The, the big one? Yeah, yeah, it is, and they had some issues with security uh, a few months ago. I don't know if you read yes. um, mm-hmm. with like the friendly and everything like that, so they had some challenges. and Yeah, so hopefully that's cleared up by the time 2024 comes around. Wow, that's pretty uh, cool, yeah. Salem. You, you got to see the South Africa were the, the, the current world champions of rugby, so that's pretty special. Yeah, that was back in 2013, so I don't know where they were back then, but um, uh, yeah, it was fun, and uh, it's just a different vibe, and even going to the pro hockey games there, like it was a great atmosphere, and the fans were super into it. They only drew three or 4,000 people, but it seemed like everyone was yelling and just extremely all in, and um, it, was, it was fun. Fair enough. BetUS Sportsbook is your ultimate destination for online betting. With sports betting, live betting, racebook, online slots, and online casino. It's available across the U.S. and Canada. Use the code PSP to receive a massive sign-up bonus. So tell us, it's season three for the Solemn Valge experience. What what are you looking forward to in, in sports for the rest of 2022 and beyond? Uh, I mean, I, I think, I, like, I don't think journalists and athletes are different in the sense that every off season you look at improving different things and you maybe have an honest conversation or two with yourself or your colleagues or your mentors and say, I, you know, I could probably get better in that. So I, I mean, I think you're, you're, for me, it's, um, you know, evolving in the role. It's been great so far. Um, and it's just about looking forward to getting better. And I've done things over the past few months consistently whether it's um you know trying to improve interview skills or um you know doing doing different things to improve on air 
like so i'm looking forward to applying that and continuing those exercises and whatnot so you're looking forward just to to getting back into the grind and um uh you know you know the fact that COVID is a little bit less um of a thing now which means we'll probably get more access to players and that means more opportunities to get to know them and different types of stories and things like that so i've been kind of antsy the past little bit just trying to you know excited to get going um so that's what i'm looking forward to and then you have a calgary flames team that's evidently all in with trying to win a stanley cup and uh they've got some new characters and personalities here you have Nazim and who just won the cup Jonathan Huberto, who uh, will be the face of the franchise for a long time and then you have players like jacob markstrom who probably has a little chip on his shoulder for how last season ended and it'll just be fascinating like i'm looking forward to interacting with the new group and getting to know them in a way that i just couldn't with the previous teams because we were having those restrictions and it'll be a fun year it'll be um it'll be really exciting for hockey fans over here because they have a team that has ownership that's committed to winning right now this isn't a rebuild this isn't a reset this is you know carpe diem sees the moment type of thing and that hasn't always been the case in calgary and uh yeah i mean just looking forward to seeing you know your colleagues again getting back to that rhythm and and applying kind of the stuff that you've been working on the past few weeks in a real life setting and uh yeah i mean uh, i think cap starts on the 22nd so it's uh it'll be fun there we go if only the blue jays front office had that win now cup dm mentality <laughs> anyway i thought they did no like kevin gossman and matt chapman i don't follow baseball that closely but didn't they i thought they made some like Young Jin Ryu, and I thought that they were in that mode too, but I guess not, eh? Yeah, I feel they they were in the winter time when they signed Gosman and a couple other guys. Um, but the the recent trade deadline was a bit of a whimper, a bit of a damper. Uh, anyway, su- such is life. <laughs> right, so talking about win now with the Calgary Flames. Um, well, let's kind of talk about that for a quick second there. They got rid of, well, I shouldn't say got rid of, he didn't want to sign uh, Johnny Hockey, as he's known as by the youth. Went all the way over to Columbus for reasons unknown, for less of a contract. I, did they ever figure out why he moved there? I'm assuming for family, but also, like, he took less of a pay, it's less of a market. He's not, like, why? Why Why would he go to Columbus? I don't even know. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, a lot of us were, were trying to figure that one out. I mean, I think family had a lot to do with it, and... Again, to his credit, he could have bolted from Calgary as an undrafted free agent um, after his Hobie Baker season, and he he played here a long time when he could have he could have done otherwise. And I think family had a lot to do with it. I also, I kind of wonder too if this is just the best for both sides. Like they had some talented teams here over the years. They had a Norris caliber defenseman and Mark Giordano. They had players like Kachuk and Gaudreau and Monaghan when he was at 100%. And rally is that they couldn't really get over that hump, right? So I think a part of me wonders if he kind of realized, he thought that it was time and that in addition to the family reasons, he just maybe felt like he needed a fresh start hockey-wise because they'd been at it for her. Uh, a long time in Calgary and hadn't really gotten that long playoff run and uh, that was a, a part of the reason and like to their credit Columbus like that, that's like that's a great signing and I think it positively impacts the National Hockey League as a whole when a small market lures the biggest free agent in a long time so that's um, that's the reason I think just the hockey related one that he kind of figured it might not happen in Calgary and 
to Calgary's credit, they've got a completely different group that might look better on paper now. I mean, you're right. Johnny Goudreau was a uh, was a very good kind of acquisition for a smaller market. We love that for him. But then if we're just going to go a little further and kind of dissect this with Nazem Kadri, he comes with an asterisk, right? Like I'm a Toronto fan and we would have gone a bit farther or at least maybe <laughs> not. I don't even know if he stayed unsuspended and the year he stayed unsuspended because keep in mind, he got suspended again with Colorado. They actually won. Let's just oh, keep so that, that in mind. That says something about the Toronto Maple Leafs, Justin. That says more says about, about Nazem Kadri. No, 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 no. No, hold on. First off, you don't know much about hockey. Stop talking. You're going to embarrass yourself. And I don't want to oh, embarrass you. Uh, I'm so okay. sorry. Moving forward. Secondly, <laughs> Nazem Kadri, no doubt, is a great player. But I'm just saying, if he stays out of suspension, then sure, Calgary has that win in their pockets, most likely. <laughs> But if you're gonna bank on him, that's 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 going to like Vegas and betting on blue, and we see what's happening with Vegas right now, both as a team and financially. Yeah, it's fair. It's crazy how that's sort of a part of his brand. Like my dad does not follow sports at all. He didn't really until I got this job, and even he was asking, like, "Do you think he's gonna get suspended?" Like, oh, um, <laughs> so that tells you that tells you how far the narrative, like, it's really gone to the ends of the earth. Um, yeah, I mean, it's fair to ask that. I think it's, I think we all mature at different rates um, and different speeds. And I think Calgary needs that ingredient, though. Like you, you, you take him and you sign him, knowing that there's a risk, right? That he he might cross the line on occasion. Ideally, you're hoping it's not during the playoffs, but like that's what that's what this team needs right like they they need someone that that was willing to drag them into the fight and they had that in a in a sense with Kachuk but if you're Calgary you bank on Kadri evolving and maturing as a player and you you know what you you take the assumed risk that you know this might result in him him missing a game or two during the regular season ideally not during the playoffs but you just you need that ingredient right like if they had a little bit more of that snarl, you, you wonder what the Edmonton series would have looked like, right? Like they where they were sort of being beaten in all three zones. I know that there were challenges with Jacobs goaltending and everything, but they've missed that ingredient for such a long time that if you're the Flames, you, you know, that's just a, a risk that you, you take. But I mean, Kadri adds so much that like, why wouldn't you want that guy? And he might, he might really just alleviate the, the loss of Kachuk. I mean, maybe, but I don't know. I feel like Kachuk wasn't really replaceable with Kadri. I think it's the best that Calgary could do, but I yeah. don't think it's it's remotely close. I would take Kachuk over Kadri any day of the week, personally. I probably would too. But... Yeah, see, <laughs> you just had to do it too. Neat, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I mean, I would too, but it, you're right. It's the best that they could have done. And um, I think with Kachuk, you know, he's making what nine million a year. Kadri uh, seven as a two-way center who's going to kill penalties and play in every situation. Yeah, like I probably would take Kachuk if they were if they were the same cap number. I'd probably take Kachuk, but like they they certainly they're not going to be lacking. I think in snarl anymore, and I think Kachuk's playoffs did leave something to be desired too. So uh, I hope so. All right, let's get things under control here. Okay. Siakam. All right, let's relax. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Now, Salim, there are a number of coaches over the years that are famous for saying a lot of nothing. And <laughs> they're tough 
interviews. Is there any coach in particular maybe that you've interviewed in the course of your career that you find is difficult to get a straight answer from? Uh, not really. I think like, well, like Sutter is just different. I don't think he's difficult necessarily. He's just different. Um, like I've had really good interactions with him off camera and like, okay. just person to person. Um, uh, I, I think he's just, I think he's extremely calculated with what he does and how he does it. Um, and, uh, I think part of him too also knows that in the social media era, he can sort of get notoriety with what he says. And I, I think he actually pays attention to that stuff from what I've heard. Okay. Um, I wouldn't, I would not call him difficult though. I think he's just, he's just different and you, you kind of adapt to that. Uh, is there anyone that's difficult? Maybe like when Dom Ducharme was the coach in Montreal, like a little bit. I, I don't know if that was a language thing or him being a first-time head coach. In addition to answering questions that are not his maternal tongue, but um, I don't even know if that would be considered difficult. Just just a little bit different. I I think for the most part, coaches appreciate the role media does and like the fact that they can use us to an extent. And they, they, it kind of behooves them to be, to have a good relationship with us, right? Like depending on the market, sometimes media can, can potentially alter fan perceptions to the point where a coach is run out of town, right? So yes. for the most part, I think they've been pretty good. Probably Rick Bonus would be the best. I enjoyed dealing with him and I'm happy. Uh, I mean, it's nice to see him back in the game uh, with Winnipeg. And uh, who are other really good ones? I had a good interaction with Mike Babcock many years ago that um, he basically, I ran into him at an event when I was 19 and he kind of told me, look, you got to follow your dreams and do what you want. And at that time I was uh, in, I was in university to become a high school teacher. So um, like Babcock was really like nice with his time with me in that setting back in 2011. But uh, I don't think there have been any difficult ones. Okay, and you had mentioned earlier you were convinced to basically follow your dream and you're glad you did so. But since doing that, is there a mentor or someone you look to to kind of develop yourself? Yeah, there are a few. Um, at the network, like, um, you you look up to people like Rick Westhead, who, like, I think that he is, a, like, the most important sports journalist in the country. And, and that's the type of reporting that I want to do more of. And uh, he set the bar extremely high. And we'd talked before, a few months before I'd gotten this role, we, we chatted. And he was really gracious with his time with me. And someone like that, for me, is probably the, the top in terms of mentor and the type of journalist you, you hope to become one day. And then, like TSN, it's, you know, it's fun working at a, pl- at a place where... Um, a lot of your colleagues are the best in the country at what they do because, you know, I guess I'm two years in now, but you, you just, you learn so much. You learn about phrasing and framing stories and how to be detailed and how to, you know, be, be a good on air presence and manage your public professional identity and stuff like that. Uh, I've learned a lot from Matthew Shinetti and, and Ryan Rashog in that regard. Like they've, they've gone out of their way to help me. And uh, just the way that they do things, and you notice differences with how people approach the job and you kind of take and borrow different different tools that they have while also building your own identity. So those three, I'd say like Westhead, Shinetti and, and Rashog. And then 
you you sort of uh, have peers in your own age bracket that uh, you would go went to school with and you've pushed each other for a few years and and like Julian McKenzie at the Athletic I've known him since I was like a a student at Concordia in 2014 and we chat pretty almost every day I think on in a group chat and he's someone that that has sort of pushed me and we've had a nice little relationship in that regard yeah that's all you just like Ned Coletti who's the general manager of the LA Dodgers for a long time he's someone that I've got a really tight relationship with and he's helped me out a lot and has been the like he's just to me such a good human being to pattern myself after uh but yeah there's there's a few you always you're constantly looking to improve and those are the ones that come to mind and you're just hoping that um that you you can sort of follow their path or take things from them while also being your own person and doing things your own way yeah that's interesting because i mean you're in a business of covering competition and you would think that the nature of the beast is probably competitive in your line of work as well, but it sounds like a pretty welcoming community. Yeah, it is. And it certainly is cutthroat too. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been, I've experienced that too. Uh, it, might, it might not be chats for a podcast, but for <laughs> okay, okay. one day, uh, absolutely. Um, but, but it's, it's cutthroat and there are like, there are massive egos, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I, like I've had run-ins as well, right? And um, you know, you can't really focus on being liked or adored by everyone. I think it's um, it's about being yourself and and sort of having the confidence to do the job the way you see fit, while also being super open to feedback. Uh, very and then having tough conversations with yourself when you have to, or or you know, having a mentor that you trust. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and. I guess that's part of the journey, right? There's going to be bumps in the road along the way, but there'll also be some smooth driving, if you will. Now, before I let you go, Salem, where, where can we find you on social media? I've got Twitter. I think it's just at Salem Balji. And then I've started a work Instagram page, just at Salem Balji TSN. So that's all the social media I can handle right now. And yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. It was fun to chat. No worries. Mate, it's been a pleasure to have you on. We'll be awesome. following your progress throughout the season. I know Justin's heading out west, so maybe you can catch up and see you on yeah, TSN absolutely. out there. And yeah, you'll have to see one of Justin's shows. He sometimes performs in Calgary. Isn't that right, Justin? Yes, I do. Good having you on, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Thanks a lot. Right. This is fun. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasters experience. Where no sport is left behind.